Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Uh, sorry, I've been meaning to put this episode out for a few days, really even more than a week. Uh, a great conversation with Jeff Lemire. We are uh, happy to have him back on Word Balloon because always interesting conversations, so many interesting projects. Uh, he left Marvel. He's back at DC. But, of course, a lot of his creator-owned stuff uh, is right there on the front burner for Jeff. We're going to be talking about Gideon Falls his new image series with Andrea Sorrentino. The wonderful team from Green Arrow is back, and uh, it's a really interesting, suspenseful horror story uh, with a lot of realism in it, obviously uh, helping with uh, Sorrentino's style. But great to see this team back in a very interesting new series. We also, of course, talk about the Black Hammer universe, which continues to expand with the current series Sherlock Frankenstein, the upcoming Doctor Star, and uh, we'll be talking about what's coming up for the Black Hammer universe and also its origins. So uh, that's a good hunk of uh, our conversation today. We also talk about his new DC projects, of course, the Terrifics. You know, everyone wants good, all-ages comic books. I am uh, pleased to say that the Terrifics will absolutely fit the bill. It is definitely a DC universe story, but uh, it's very accessible, and uh, a little kid will not feel like He's, you know, that kind of suspicious kind of, all right, this is made for me. Meanwhile, the bigger kids and the adults are reading other stuff. This is very much an adult comic book and an all-ages comic book at the same time. Can't stress it enough. You'll hear my enthusiasm when I'm talking to Jeff about this project. Also, another project that Jeff teases, a look back at the DC Universe of the 1980s uh, with Keith Giffen, a really interesting project, and I'm very excited about what it sounds like, and I think you will be, too. We also talk about Jeff's graphic novel with rocker Gord Downey of The Tragically Hip. That, of course, was Secret Path. As it says on its website description, Secret Path acknowledges a dark part of Canada's history, the long-suppressed mistreatment of indigenous children and families by the residential school system, with the hope of starting our country on a road to rec reconciliation. Gord Downey was fighting cancer during this project. It's incredible. Um, he made the album. Uh, that is uh, really kind of a companion piece to Jeff's silent graphic novel. And uh, the combination is really amazing. Gord, unfortunately, uh, passed away late last year. You know, again, uh, I think it was such an important year for Secret Path when it came out that we talk about the cultural impact of the project on today's Canadian culture. So uh, lots to talk about, even some hockey, because, you know, that's his thing and that's totally fine. <laughs> Great to talk to uh, Jeff Lemire on today's Word Balloon. I hope you enjoy it. It is brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your continued support via Patreon. Uh, I thank you very much. Uh, I, I'm hoping that some uh, things are going to be popping very soon for Word Balloon in the next uh, in the next year. Uh, a lot of uh, spit and grease went into uh, you know that whole thing of when they say luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Well, last year was a lot of preparation for Word Balloon behind the scenes and uh, really uh, hoping that some of this stuff is going to uh, come through. And it looks like uh, some of it will. I don't want to hedge my bets, but things are looking good. And thank you very much for your support during this uh, very uh, behind-the-scenes productive time for Word Balloon. Uh, if you'd like to subscribe to Word Balloon, you can do it. Uh, click on the Patreon ad on the front page of wordballoon.com, or you can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. But thank you very much for your support. League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades. At InStockTrades.com, there are some really neat deals happening right now at InStock Trades. First of all, they make it easy for you. Great mail order service. 
If your orders are $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping. And uh, they've got some really neat projects. Uh, as, you know, all the publishers are really kind of stepping up their game and uh, making it happen. Everyone's watching the Black Lightning uh, series that's been going on. And uh, this continues Black Lightning's story. There is uh, volume two of his works. This features Danny O'Neill, Jerry Conway, Dick Dillon, Frank McLaughlin. Uh, including stories from World's Finest from 256 to 260. Uh, I believe that's when um, Jefferson Pierce was in uh, the pages of an 80-page giant back then. DC Comics Presents number 16, uh, Justice League of America, a two-part story, 173 and 174, and uh, a couple detective comics uh, combinations, 490 and 491, and 494 and 495. Pretty neat. Uh, a great collection. 50% off. $9.99 at in-stock trades. There is The Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley. This is The New Adventures. Peter David and uh, Will Sliney. Uh, and I saw Will with our pal Dex Shalvey on uh, like a great Good Morning Ireland kind of TV show. But uh, he's an excellent artist. And Peter David, of course, he knows what he's doing when it comes to The Sp- Scarlet Spider, right? Uh, what volume is this? This is volume two. Death Sting. Uh, this is 112 pages with a Mark Bagley cover. 50% off. It's just $7.99. How about this collection? Mystery Men, Trade Paperback, The Golden Age, David Liss and Patrick Zercher. I totally forgot about this. But uh, this is a tremendous early, early uh, look at uh, superheroes back in the uh, 1930s. Uh, a great kind of alternate Marvel history. Uh, it collects the miniseries. And Daring Mystery Comics, 70th Anniversary Special as well, 160 pages, but two really great creators, and 45% off, $10.99. Just a couple of the great books you can find at InStockTrades.com. We will uh, check in the Jeff Lemire collection on the uh, other side of uh, the interview as we uh, keep delving in to show you some great books at great prices from InStockTrades.com. All right, without further ado, let's uh, have our conversation now with Jeff Lemire. It's great to have him back. So I hope you enjoy this talk right now on Word Balloon. Jeff Lemire, welcome back to Word Balloon. Happy New Year. I'm going to do it all, like probably for like another week. And then it's like, all right, the hell with you. I know people do it till the end of the month. Well, it's not New Year's in Canada yet, so it's, it's <laughs> we're in a different calendar. Congrats on 2017. Really ambitious um, series that were going on, and we're going to get into some of them. But how how was it for you? How did, how did you feel about last year? Yeah, it was a little tough, to be honest. I A lot of stuff just it, it was a weird year for me it was really good in a lot of ways work-wise it was really good i mean i feel like um, black hammer really took off and became its own thing and, and i got to start expanding that universe which i'm sure we'll talk more about but um so that was great and you know i launched royal city which was good and so yeah work-wise it was good but it was also a weird yeah i was transitioning away from marvel stuff and then mm. kind of moving towards doing some DC stuff. So I was kind of the first year in a while where I wasn't really under contract with one of the, the big two companies. So that was, it was just a different feeling, a good feeling, just different. Yeah. Just personal stuff was a bit tough last year. And, uh, and then Trump was just put like a shadow over the whole year. I feel like I'm starting to try, try to not let it get me down as much. I understand the shadow supposed to come from above you, not below you in, in the case of yeah. the United States, but I can appreciate that. <laughs> and, uh, Hey man, you know, obviously we were all sad about, uh, Gord from the tragically, uh, hip, uh, passing away too. And I, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I was yeah, thinking that was about you guys when I read the news. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 
but you know, yeah, it, it's all, it's all, it's all happening. It's all good. Yeah. No, I understand. And no, and honestly, great books, uh, man. Uh, well, you know, I mean, we, we may as well like kind of get into, uh, black hammer, for example. And sure. I, but I do, I am a little surprised, John, this is the, this will be our first word balloon podcast where we didn't talk about hockey first. <laughs> That's fine. I am, I'm shameful to admit that I watched I watched the Hawks beat I watched the Blackhawks beat and I can't even remember who the hell it was. Sun no Saturday Saturday I want to say that's the last game I, I kind of paid attention to because I was at work and the sports guys had it on. It was either Saturday or uh, Sunday, so shame on me. Yes, it's been an exciting uh, year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We finally have a, a good young team for the first time since I've really been a fan. So wow. It's, uh, I understand. It's, it's like weird to be hopeful for for the team instead of sort of and waiting I, for the inevitable. Yeah. They are like the Yankees for Canada, aren't they? Aren't they like oh, yeah. The, it's yeah. a massive – yeah, that, that's a great comparison here in Canada. They, they really are like the Yankees or – the brand, the, the yeah. Maple Leafs brand, is, is one that's embraced all across the country, you know. Yeah, Canada's really, team. Like we always say, America's By team. far the, the most successful uh, hockey franchise, for sure. It's huge. Well, yeah, and and like you said, to not be good as long as they have been recently and everything. That's Well, that's yeah. good to hear. That just shows you how big the brand is, where you can be mediocre for 40 years and still be the biggest, <laughs> the biggest you know, <laughs> team in the country. I understand. My uh, very good friend Judd Surratt from Chicago uh, is the new voice of the Boston Bruins. Radio oh, that's cool. yeah. He's very nice. he is beside himself with joy. The original six team, uh, yeah, even, that's even, very you cool. know, yeah. So very excited. Yeah, a weird connection there. What we just what we were just talking about earlier, the, uh, Gord Downey, the, who I did the, the the Secret Path graphic yeah. novel with, who passed away last. He was actually. The godson of uh, Harry Sinden, the owner, the former owner of the Bruins. So, wow! Yeah. Was he yeah, the original? He, was he the original Bruins owner? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, Gord and his family grew up in a place called Kingston, Ontario, and that's where, back in the '60s, '70s, that's where the Bruins used to hold their training camp in the in the in the fall. So I guess a lot of the kids are in that in that Canadian city were huge Bruins fans and. Somehow his family must have connected with the Sindins. But, yeah, weird little connection there. That's really cool. No, that's amazing. I, You know, I always tell you, I'm, sports history fascinates me. And the way that the NHL developed from being the original six to where it is today is a really interesting story. You don't have to yeah, be a sports fan to really appreciate. Yeah, just crazy politics and, you know, these, these rich. There's teams. a lot of colorful characters. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's a great Great sport to be a fan of the history for sure. Absolutely, and Legends of Hockey is that on DVD? That amazing series they did years ago. I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't oh, know. it's like Ken Burns baseball. If you've ever oh, really? seen that, yeah. But it was it was hockey, and you know that kind of classic, even ESPN or uh, or I'm sure TSN does the same thing. Just you know, talking heads, but just great footage. And yeah, I want to say it was called Legends of Hockey, and it was in the '90s. And I and okay. it was, seriously, again, I'm not. I, I don't want to follow the sport day to day, but it was fascinating, really, really interesting. So cool. I'll check that out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're good. It was nice talking to you, John. Yeah, exactly. No, I appreciate the exactly the puck update. The puck date, maybe. Puck date, maybe not. Any. <laughs> All right, on to the books. Yeah. Seriously, man, Black Hammer <laughs> and its evolution now into Sherlock Frankenstein continues to be 
uh, a delayed. How's how's Dean doing? Um, your, your no, he's eyes. he's very good. Yeah, he had. For those who don't know, Dean had some health issues a couple years ago when we first started working on the book. Uh, we had he had fin- just finished the first issue, um, and then he actually had a stroke and was out of commission for quite a while and doing rehab and everything. But he's fully recovered now and Fantastic. back. Well, obviously, obviously back on the book. He's done. 13 issues since then so yeah it's uh, and he's great we spent some time together and in the fall i went to the luca festival in italy which i'd never been to and, yeah. and dean and his wife were there and uh we we roomed together and, and got to sign books for italian fans and yeah it was great yeah the black hammer things really really evolved into a, a whole universe of books now we have the the core titles of course with dean and then we're doing the sherlock frankenstein miniseries right now with david rubin mm-hmm. and uh and we just announced we're doing another one called dr star with um max fumera oh who, uh, sure did a lot of Eve sapien comics yeah and there's uh i think as we speak i think there's three other spin-off miniseries being drawn so the world's really expanded into my own kind of superhero universe which is <laughs> pretty cool it's crazy yeah. well i love the tropes that you take and then, you know, obviously put your little spin on them and stuff. And they're familiar yet distinct and uh, very distinct. And but yeah. they, they start from a, they start from a familiar place. And, yeah. Well, you know, that's the fun, the fun part for me is that, um, I have, you know, however many years of superhero comic book history to draw from now, you know, 80, 90 years worth of material. And I, if I get inspired by something or really love something, I can kind of, find ways to make it my own and, and that's it's kind of uh endless fun you know for a, a fanboy like me totally are you are you able to like research this stuff on your own i mean it's obviously you know we're all readers and stuff and it's i'm sure part of your pleasure of reading comics is finding these kind of weird heroes and stuff because you know when I, again i always point out when i was growing up they always had reprints of all the silver age and golden yeah. age stuff so, you know, I, I saw, multi, Same, you know, yeah. Ultra the Multi-Alien, you know, in a, in, a, <laughs> in a collection or something like that. Yeah, you know, I don't do any research for the Black Hammer. It was already done <laughs> in my channel. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty much an encyclopedia of superhero history at this point in my life. 40 years of reading them. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty well versed and I just draw from stuff you know okay that i already know yeah well and i've and i've been loving uh sherlock frankenstein and we're getting the uh the story of the villains now yeah and david rubin the artist on that it's, he's such a he's such an imaginative artist and he's been really fun to work with as well it's been great dark horse has been really great at supporting the the black hammer universe now and and finding uh really amazing artists for me to work with on the books so in addition to dean you know and david we have max and, yeah. and some other really exciting people lined up for the other books as well so uh yeah hopefully at one point i'll i'll get to draw something in that <laughs> as well when, when uh, you haven't done any alternate covers or anything i've done all the variants for yeah. the series but it would be nice to do like uh a mini series or a standalone graphic oh, novel sure. in that world that I could draw as well when I, my schedule clears a little bit, but um, lots of time for that, I guess. So it it is really coming. I mean, obviously you are you are an artist writer or writer artist, and you you are uh, you're designing these characters yourself, or how much how much are the artists uh, chiming in in terms of design? Yeah, well, a lot of the characters, a lot of the book, I had I kind of developed it uh, a lot a long time ago in 2008, right after I finished Essex County. 
this is long before I had ever done any actual superhero comics myself. And I kind of developed the idea of Black Hammer and a lot of these characters on my own as something I was going to draw myself at that point. Um, sort of my love letter to superheroes because I never thought I'd get a chance to actually do superhero comics. And, uh, but I think um, I also was working at Sweet Tooth around that time and Sweet Tooth got picked up by Vertigo. So that kind of became my focus and Black Hammer kind of got pushed to the side. And so, you know, cut to like 2013, 14, I, I kind of started reworking the idea and, and bringing, I brought Dean in. And uh, so I, I had already done like a lot of sketches and artwork of the characters mm-hmm. myself. Uh, and so I gave those to Dean, but I kind of told him at the time that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't married to any of the ideas that I had come up with that he, sh- he should really make it his own. So um, I, it's hard to even know now how much of the designs were him and or me, but it's sort of a mixture. And then a lot of new characters, you know, all, like Dr. Star is, is, is obviously um, inspired by James Robinson's Starman stuff. And <laughs> so I actually were drawing the character to look like James Robinson, <laughs> which, James, <laughs> which James was totally cool and flattered by. So, um, That's great. James can be a superhero. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. He's not goofy looking. Oh, That's yeah. fantastic. It's- well, yeah, I, so it's been a it's been a blast. Yeah. Well, you know your your designs too. I mean, that's the great thing. You you get real faces. You find original faces, and obviously, distinct faces fascinate you. These aren't a bunch of you know pretty you know cookie cutter kind of heroes and stuff. They yeah. All, they're rough. One things. thing I'm not good at drawing is pretty people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, it's not my forte. But it works. I mean, yeah. it just it makes it really makes especially when you're drawing, it makes your stories more authentic, and also. All of your collaborators, collaborators, you find as well. You know they follow in that. That I think that same design, not just in Black Hammer uh, and the stuff you're doing. Wait, let's with Doctor Star. How much more do you want to talk about that? Because I'm interested. It's a new book in the in the. Um, Have we seen him yet? I'm behind. I've been reading through the trades. It is not out yet. It's. I think it's. It's available for uh, pre-order. To be ordered right now. So yeah, it's um, Max is drawn. I think he's on the third. It's four issues. He's on the third one. Okay. And, I think we've shown some preview art. I think if you hit my Twitter or whatever, you'll yeah, find some. For while we're talking I think Dark Horse has launched launched some, has, or has released some some preview art. I think of that. Um, yeah, that's a pretty simple story. Kind of, um, you know, one another sort of superhero trope I've always loved is the the World War II fighting hero idea. So like the Justice Society or the Invaders, you know, and um, so Doctor Star is one of those those legacy heroes from, from the forties. Uh, so in addition to his present day story where he's an older man looking back on his life and his career as a superhero, we'll also have flashbacks during the world war two. And we'll, we'll kind of meet the black hammer universe version of uh, a world war two superhero team called the Liberty squadron. So I got to design a whole bunch of new characters for that as well. Cool. Um, so that's been really fun. I'm looking at uh, the cover of Dr. Star right now. And, uh, yeah, first of all, yeah, you've incorporated James' awesome gizmo specs, whatever the hell those things are that he's worn in his publicity photos. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, yeah, man, it looks fan- it looks great. It looks excellent. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's a pretty fun one. I'm actually pretty, pretty proud of the story, too. I think that'll be a good one. So I'm excited to announce some of the other ones, too. But I guess all in good time. Okay. Well, you know, and also back in the New 52 days when you created, uh, re- you know, rebooted Frankenstein and his group. And also the yeah. fact that we didn't have a justice society. It's, you know, I you've done, look, man, honestly, you, both your DC and your Marvel stuff, I think, you know, your, your, your 
creative bent has shined through and your point of view. And um, But I really am glad that you're getting to play with these tropes with your own ki- characters. And I wonder how many, do you, even anecdotally, have you found DC and Marvel readers that are like, hey, you know, I came to you through, you know, uh, Super Superboy, but man, this stuff, or the Adam miniseries that you did, but this, yeah, this stuff is great. It's, it, it's hard to track that stuff. You know, you always, you always hear different stories when you meet people at conventions and you're signing their books and stuff, mm-hmm. so... But I do find my readership to be really diverse, where, which I really love, where you have people who who discovered my stuff through, you know, Essex County and Underwater Welder. And, and then maybe through that came to some of the superhero stuff or, or to things like Descender. Uh, and then you, you also a lot of the reverse as well, you know, people who read, uh, you know, Green Arrow or sure. Moon Knight or whatever. And, and then now are checking out my image stuff and, and then going to the the older stuff like Essex or, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool. You get, you kind of get it both ways. Yeah. Didn't they see Trillium, right? Was your Vertigo sci-fi thing? Yep. Trillium. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they, didn't they just repackage that and put out a new collection? Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. Uh, Vertigo put out like a, a deluxe hardcover of, of that and the Sweet Tooth series in these oversized deluxe books. So that was, that's really cool. They kind of have those sitting on my shelf. That's um, excellent, man. Yeah, it's cool when that starts happening. No question. Well, now we mentioned uh, Green Arrow and Andrea Sorrentino, your wonderful collaborator. You guys are working on a new series now, Gideon Falls. Yeah, very. Yeah, cool. that's been really cool. I, we've been working on it. We've been developing it for a long time. Right when we, well, we did well, obviously we did Green Arrow at DC, and then we both kind of moved over to Marvel uh, around the same time. Uh, maybe I don't know, two or three years ago, and. Andrea was doing some stuff with Bendis. He did the old man Logan. Yeah. He, well, yeah, he did the original Logan mini with Bendis and then I took over the ongoing. So yeah, yeah, we did that run together. And I think that was around right around then we started talking about creator owned at some point, you know, um, wanting to do something our own. Uh, Cause we, we have a great chemistry together and, and love working together. Um, so yeah, we started playing around with ideas and, and stuff and, and then, yeah, so the book Gideon Falls is going to launch in March from Image Comics, and it's it's Andrea and myself and Dave Stewart's coloring Andrea, and it's I guess I guess it's probably my first horror series. I I guess Animal Man had a bit of horror to it, but it was still still a superhero book, you know. Where this is straight up psychological horror, and uh, I've never really done that before. So it's it's been fun to have sort of a new. A new flavor to play around with and, and try to scare myself <laughs> when I'm writing. <laughs> but you're familiar uh, surroundings of, you know, that kind of rural community and uh, focusing on um, a couple symbols, the church and uh, a mysterious black barn. Yeah. So the, the story, it's kind of it combines two narratives. Yeah. One is um, one is set in a really small town called Gideon Falls. And it's it's inspired by things I love, like Twin Peaks and true detective and things like that and it's uh it follows the story of this this catholic priest named father fred who's sent to this town to take over the church after after their priest has been has died um and he slowly starts to uncover uh, a lot of really dark stuff happening in the small town and his predecessor the former priest was possibly murdered and so that's one one narrative um and then the other story is set in in a city an urban center we never say which city it is um uh but it's a pretty large city obviously it's a lot total contrast to the small town that the priest is in and it follows this young guy named norton who is uh 
he's convinced there's a conspiracy and a secret and that the only way he can get to it is through clues he's finding in the city's garbage and the trash. And he's, he's drawn to different locations at different times. And he finds, he's finding pieces of something that he's slowly building. Uh, and he thinks he's, he's onto some great mystery. Uh, and all the while he's, he's also, um, being treated for some pretty severe mental illness. So we never know how much of what Norton's doing is real or how much of it is part of his illness. Sure. But then connections between these two stories, the the country story and the Norton story start to be made and a mystery begins to unfold. And it all, it all evolves around uh, something called the black barn, which is uh, almost this rural legend of this ghostly haunted barn that has kind of been in the small town's history for, for centuries and uh and now it's also making itself known to norton in the city and drawing these two characters together so that's yeah that's my i don't know how that was as a synopsis but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no i think that absolutely uh gives a good uh, description of what we're going to get in, in in issue one you were kind enough to send me the preview and uh it's gorgeous and yeah pretty intense you know i always felt sweet tooth had a little horror feel to it yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a pretty dark book, and it, there's a lot of a lot of horror in that as well. So I think you're right there. But also, I often forget that. But also, again, uh, Sorrentino's uh, realistic style makes it a different flavor. And absolutely, yeah. 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 I mean, it's a very you know, in, in the best, truly, you know, your guys' work, as you say, on Logan and uh, and Arrow, and even when he was working with Bendis as well. No, he's you got to look at his stuff, man. It, it demands your attention, and I love how. Yeah, he's really. He's really pushing the envelope too in this one. Uh, some of the new stuff he's been sending me on the issues four and five are pretty mind-bending. The layouts he's coming up with is stuff I'd, I've never seen done in comics before. It's pretty crazy, <laughs> pretty crazy stuff. You can tell he's he's feeling the freedom of, of creator own for sure and, and embracing it. So, gotcha. yeah, it's exciting. We got some we got some pretty cool ideas. I think we're playing with in the series. Some surprises coming up, and it'll be. I think a mystery worth investing in for fans, for sure. We're following Norton's trail. Like you said, he's picking up clues himself through the dumpsters and people's trash and the places that he's going, and even just alleys or whatever. Um, yeah. So he's assembling the clues for us on his storyline. And then Father Fred, obviously, is a guy that you can just tell from his posture and uh, subtext and everything that this is a guy that has some issues and, and secrets. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not, this yes. isn't... Uh, this isn't the Pope coming to take over a small town or anything. Yeah, he's 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 been uh, he's been moved around from town to town a lot and, uh, by the by the church. Oh, and he's got a pretty uh, yeah. It's not it's not it's not what that implies. Okay, good. There is no history of, of abuse or anything like that. It's just he's he's got a pretty severe drinking problem, and he's maybe had some. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil this. Story, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he, he hasn't always been a good Catholic boy. I hear you. I put it that way. He's that's he's got a checkered past. So yeah, he's he's someone who's definitely struggling with his his vocation and his his place in life for sure. Did you grow up in the Catholic faith? I did indeed. Yeah. So this is my me venting against my <laughs> <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but, uh, you know, you know, you get it out in your work. It's uh yeah. It's funny though. This book, this story, is probably the first, the oldest story I've kind of ever started working on because. When I was in film school in, I guess it would have been like 1996 or something, I actually made a short film. The first short film I ever made in film school featured this Norton character uh, and him, you know, in the city and finding things in the trash and everything. So that character has been with me for a long time. And then 
when I first started doing comics myself in like 2000 or whatever, before I published anything, I was working on this graphic novel, which was essentially this story, Gideon Falls story with these characters. And I did hundreds and hundreds of pages of this that were not very good. <laughs> it was me really trying to figure out my, my style and, and, and just figure out how to make comics and stuff. But so this is a story that I've been playing with for a couple of decades, you know, and, uh, I kind of pulled it back out and, and reworked it and stuff when I started working with Andrea. So it's, it's something that's been around for a long time. Is this going to be, uh, an ongoing or, I mean, you know, do you see this as a yeah. lengthy kind of run? Yeah. I mean, if the sales weren't sure, we, we have, the story's pretty big and I think we're both committed to it. And one thing about Andrea is, uh, he's one of the more reliable artists monthly. You know, he, every Monday you get five new pages from him no matter what. Wow. So it's, it's, he's, he's definitely, he's always been like that. And I'm, I, obviously I'm pretty prolific in my writing as well. So the two of us together are a pretty safe bet for a, a monthly book. So yeah, I, I, we're thinking ongoing for sure. We're hope we have high hopes for it. Um, Hopefully we can bring some readers over from our Green Arrow and Old Man Logan success and, and, and make this this one work. So. Well, how are you know, I mean, you you do have all these great, long story, ambitious, you know, things going on. And, you know, again, I think people are uh, who know you know your style and everything. So uh, it would seem like you've got a nice, you know, giant following <laughs> everything that's, you know. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I, I'm so lucky. I the last couple of years, you know, I, I was kind of said at the beginning of the interview, I last year was the first year I'd sort of been between Marvel and DC and not under contract. And it's been great to, to be in that position where I, I can just do my creator own work now. You know, I have, um, I have all the black hammer books at dark horse. And then I guess now four, four ongoing books at or three ongoing books at image, you know, so, uh, and they're all doing really well. And, so and, Descender, Royal City and, and Gideon. Yeah, and there's also um, – I'm working on this book called The Family Tree with Phil Hester. Oh, great. Um, which we, we were going to launch it last year, but some stuff happened. I, I My schedule got away from me and so did Phil's. Okay. So we just decided rather than, than rush it, we put it aside for a bit. And so now we're looking at this fall actually for that book. So it's oh, that's great. It's a bit early to discuss these details. So that will be uh, – Phil's a guy I really respect and um, he's been fun to work with. So – yeah, I, I, at that point, I'll have you know five creator-owned monthlies going, and I don't really need to do the Marvel and DC stuff anymore unless I really, really want to. You know, and that's a that's sort of a a dream position to be in. You know, where you can just absolutely sort of do your own work, and then if if one of those companies offers you something that you're really excited by, you can do it. But you're not you're not just having to do work just to pay the bills anymore. And that's, I mean, that's the dream, really. Totally. No, absolutely, man. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad lucky. that you were finding that kind of success at this point in your career, rather than being burnt out as some have been, I think in the last 10 years and are just kind of like, yeah, fuck you to the big two. And just like, I'm doing my own yeah. thing. Oh, well, I've had my moments back. where I got close. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I you know. go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, those, I like working for both Marvel and DC. I've had ups and downs with both probably, but, um, you know, it is what it is when you get to do your own stuff and your creator on work. It's just that freedom and, ability to do it the way you want to do it and not have to answer to anyone is it's kind of hard to hard to beat that it's hard to go back sometimes to do the, the other stuff once sure. you've had that that's that freedom so. well i want to you know obviously uh people may be aware you did a, an interview with i think an italian comic blog about some of your frustrations doing x-men 
Um, and I wonder whether yeah. the kids was that um was that specific to the ex office? You think, or was it really like? I mean, did you feel like you know as we're just discussing in terms of being able to do your own creator own books? Was it different degrees of control depending on the editorial office? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of that is is probably on me as much as anyone at Marvel. You know, I'd probably yeah. taken too much work on at the time and was burning out a little bit. So <clears throat> as as frustrating as it was to do the X Men, I think it's it was. It's just a matter of a lot of different things where uh, I was probably a little burnt out on, on mainstream superhero stuff and um, maybe wasn't given the amount of freedom I, I would have loved to to do a great a great X-Men run. But there was just a lot of stuff going on that I had to tie into that kind of restricted the how much of myself I, I could bring to it. And sure. It just all got, kind of got a bit much. But, you know, looking back, it's, it's you know, these are – it's all – I made the decision to do the book and I, maybe I shouldn't have. So it's, it's on me as much as anyone there. And I have a lot of respect for, for all the people I work with at Marvel, you know, it's nothing personal. Sometimes things, you know, it's works. Some stuff, some stuff works out great. And sometimes it just, it doesn't. So it's just the way it is. And also sometimes both, both DC and Marvel will have a bigger story. And yeah, unfortunately I think, you know, books get swept into an event and have to be, and obviously in the case of X-Men, it was, you know, one of the main books, so I understand from that yeah. standpoint. But I wonder also now, and good chance to kind of go into um, the Terrifics, which I love the concept from the beginning, and it was I was surprised to see that it is kind of springing out of metal in a certain way. So, you know, how is, yeah. how is that in terms of being able to do your own thing with this book? Because literally, yeah, it didn't well, even occur to me... Until so it's like oh yeah the terrifics it's this and it's like oh fuck it is the fantastic it's the it's the DC Fantastic Four that's fantastic oh come on John I don't know what you're talking about yeah I, I know sorry I, that's just probably something um, I thought of I, you know you know what though the the idea for the terrifics kind of came about independently of of metal, of metal. you know it was something that Dan DiDio and I <laughs> were literally riffing ideas <laughs> texting each other one morning of stuff when I when I was talking about coming back to DC and uh. Someone, I, I think I said, what about Metamorpho? I, I'd love to do Metamorpho because it's such a cool character. And I kind of love taking those, you know, those Silver Age wacky yeah. kind of characters like him and doing something with him. And, uh, and Dan, I think Dan's response was like, I love the character, but he, he never seems to work as a solo book. You know, he, he's better as part of a team. And then, and then it kind of, and then he said, what about Metamorpho and Plastic Man on a team? And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, and then it just within the, the morning we had come to this this idea of doing this team book and and then later I think it was when when you kind of looked to how to insert it into the into the bigger DC universe they had all the metal stuff going on and then the, the um, I guess they're calling this line of books that the Terrifics is part of the new age of DC heroes yes yes you know with with all these uh, artist driven books damage and silencer and, I'm kind of sideways, and so yeah, it just seemed to fit into all that, and then we kind of retrofitted the the origin of the the team a little bit to make it tie into that stuff. Okay, which just it helps the book kind of launch out of something and feel like it's part of the universe. And so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a burden at all. Okay, good. I guess the short answer is it was more just uh, <laughs> a good catalyst for trying to figure out how these four characters that should probably never be on a team somehow end up together. So it kind of a little a little puzzle. But it was fun. No, absolutely. Well, and 
Am I, I, I don't want to tip it if you don't want to tip it the last page, but um, I think it's already been in the solicits. I think it is tipped. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure. Yeah, The Mystery of Tom Strong. And and that's yeah. great. Uh, I love Tom Strong. That truly, and obviously, again, you as a fan of, you know, Golden Age characters and stuff, uh, you know, we all know the inspiration of, from Doc well, Savage. And Tom Strong is a wonderful Alan Moore character. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful book. And I love the concept. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, you know, the, the tone we wanted for the Terrifics was something very much like what Alamore had done with the, with Tom Strong or, um, you know, very much like the classic Kirby Lee Fantastic Four stuff was, you know, that sense of big, big ideas, high adventure, fun, family, uh, you know. And, and so when I think in my original pitch document, I, I mentioned some, I was talking about tone and I, I referenced Tom Strong as a touching touch. The you know a touchstone sure. for the kind of tone we wanted to strike, and that probably just came out of out of that <laughs> that what we could probably actually use him you know for a storyline. So um, yeah, so yeah, it, it's pretty fun to be able to write those characters, and I don't want to spoil how they'll how they'll be involved in the series or when, but uh, yeah, it is it is uh, it does get started in the first issue. Very cool, man. Forgive my phone. Um, okay. Yeah, I. Uh, no, I I think it looks great. Are they going to go through the Terra Obscura universe? I cannot answer those questions. <laughs> I'm my own story. That's fair. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> well, again, because I mean that's the thing. I think you're doing. Uh, this is the same kind of flavor that we're getting in Black Hammer, and this is going to be fun to see. Uh, yeah, it's fun, man. Tripping I, around it's the, the multiverse in DC. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love the DC universe, you know, um, and this is a chance to really have some fun in it. And that's sort of the key for this book is to have some fun and to make a book that uh, adults or kids could read. And it's rewarding to both. You know, it's not it's not written for children and it's not dumbed down, but there's no reason kids couldn't read sure. the terrifics. You know? Absolutely. And a lot of um, a lot of mainstream superhero stuff really is written for adults and adults alone, you know, and that's can be frustrating. I know that as a parent myself, it's. Sometimes I'll go. I'll stop at the shop on a Wednesday and get some new comics and come home. And my son wants to look at what I I've gotten because the covers all look so cool. And I'm like, oh, you, you know, most of the stuff he can't really right. look at. Right. And that's kind of when that started happening. It really kind of it was it was kind of uh, eye opening for me as someone who writes some of this stuff. That yeah, you know, a lot of these superheroes there should be they should be a little more accessible. I think to Agreed. young readers. And, uh, and that's not to say there isn't a place for more adult screw stuff. I certainly do it with Black Hammer and I did it with Old Man Logan and other books. But I think just a bit more of balance. There should be books like the Terrifics where, you know, uh, I can read with my son. You know, Totally. No, it, you're right. And that's the thing. Don't exclude one or the other. Um, yeah, yeah, make both make both kinds of books. And also, I uh, I remember Kirkman saying years ago, like, as much as both of the big two have sometimes tried to make books for kids sometimes they succeed my buddies art and franco i think you know do a really great yeah, job there's been with, some great stuff. with their line of stuff but also then you do get yeah. those books that kind of look like uh they're happening in the main universe but really they're like supposed to be for kids but have a more traditional kind of comic book style as in the case of the terrifics and you know kirk can be like yeah but kids already know no this isn't the real spider-man i want to read spider-man or i want to read superman and that's what's great about i think the terrifics is it clearly is just high adventure 
that, like you said, both both groups can absolutely read. And I'm I'm excited about the team because at first I'm like, that's hilarious that you're doing it. But then I really started thinking about the team, and it's like, oh, actually, yeah, let's see. You know, Phantom Girl, one of the best things about uh, Meltzer and Jeff Johns is, um, J, uh, was it, and I'm even trying to remember, the Justice League run was, you know, yeah, when, yeah. when uh, Starman from the, from the Legion just suddenly shows up. And he's in the 20th yeah, century. Yeah, that was very you know, and, and also, obviously, we've got Saturn Girl uh, here in uh, the new DC Rebirth uh, universe, the current status quo. So it's great that the Legion is kind of just kind of poking its head into the what's yes. going on right now. And obviously, I'm assuming that the Terrifics will play a part in that bigger puzzle. It may or may not. <laughs> she may not have anything to do with the Phantom Girl from the Legion. I cannot reveal. That's but, even funnier. All right. I will say... I, she is not. She is not the Phantom Girl from the. Oh no! We'll just see that. No, she is a new character who has a connection to that character. Fascinating. I'll just that for now. All right. Oh, that's hilarious! I I immediately assumed it was uh, Phantom Girl from the Legion. Very good. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we got some great artists who we haven't mentioned on the book too, which is yeah, great. We got Ivan Reese, Ivan Reese is doing the first the first arc, and Ivan's awesome. I never worked with him before, but. I've admired him for a while, so that's pretty awesome. And then uh, uh, Doc Shaner's doing the next three or four. And Doc, wow, I mean, very nice. I like him. He's both. so very great. Cool. Yeah, very different styles from one another. Oh both, yeah, both something different to the book, but both bring something uh, an ingredient that's kind of central to what we're trying to do with the book. So it's it's been pretty cool. Well, and I could see certainly again knowing Doc's work. Uh, I love Ivan's work first of all, and also is Prado is, yeah. is Joe Prado inking him. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Great. great team, great guys. Uh, two of my favorite yep. Brazilian guys. They're awesome. Uh, on a personal level too, especially with Joe. I always say hi to Joe and talk to him at conventions. Yeah, he's he's classic. Great guy. Uh, but yeah, and Doc obviously wonderful stuff. And you know he he loves your classic superhero stuff. And anytime you put a you oh, know, he loves book classic man so so much. It's kind of scary how much he loves plastic. <laughs> I believe but yeah, he's so, ex- he is so excited to do plastic. Man. That's pretty cool. Well, and he's kind of perfect. I, I don't know where the first arc is going, but if, uh, Tom strong, uh, continues to be, yeah, the book, I, yeah. I can see doc Shaner doing an excellent job on Tom strong. So can I, yeah, for sure. That's hilarious. I'm literally now in my, uh, apartment looking at a, and then Alex Ross, Tom strong, uh, poster. Oh, cool. So yeah, yeah I loved, uh, big Tom strong fan. And then, again, that whole concept, was great, and again, people don't realize that they're kind of based on those um, Nader Fiction House uh, superheroes of the of the forties that the the technically yeah. public domain characters. Not specifically Tom Strong, but I no, think the character no. that he was wasn't he kind of based on was it Doc Strange or uh, Doc Savage? Probably, I would think is a big sure. uh, well, definitely big, the big Paul standpoint, yeah. Doc Savage. Yeah, but I was thinking yeah. there is kind of a a Doc Savage knockoff. Kind of in the same way. I don't know if oh, you Oh, know. is there? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a great spirit. It's funny. Hillary Barter and I had uh, dinner two weeks ago. Name dropper. Also former Plastic Man artist. And we were talking about um, <laughs> the spirit. And uh, when they when Will Eisner went to war and they were afraid of, oh, we better have something in reserve for the spirit and stuff, uh, they created Midnight. His company, Quality, I think, created oh, Midnight. Yeah. And he's basically a spirit, cool. a spirit knockoff. So, but, but anyway. Neat. Yeah. That's fun. I've been doing playing a, a little bit with that stuff in some of the upcoming Black Hammer stuff, where I get back to um, I go back to the twenties and kind of the oh, that's fun. Create create some pop characters like that who are 
sort of the precursor for the superheroes that sure. we, we know in Hammer. So that that's been really cool to play with some of those old uh, archetypes as well and have some fun with that. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Excellent, man. No, honestly, uh, loving everything that's happening in the Black Hammer universe. It's it's a lot of fun, and that's what the combination of that and and knowing your other work and sensibilities, and also the people you're working with, make uh, the Terrifics very exciting for me as well. Yeah, you know, uh, one other project I think we forgot. I, I wanted to mention just before I forget myself because oh, sure. I don't think I don't think you brought it up earlier. Was uh, we announced that I'm doing the Inferior Five at DC with Keith Giffen? I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. Oh, I'm really glad you brought yeah, it up. Tell me about it. A lot it. of people didn't. It kind of came. Up. So Keith is uh, Keith's one of my heroes. Sure. You know, I I literally <laughs> when I was reading when I was at my my peak of DC Comics fandom in like the late '80s, early '90s. You know. When I was, uh, I, you know, twelve or thirteen or whatever, sure. Keith, Keith was pretty much the main man at DC back then. You know, he was like the architect of the whole universe. He was doing Legion, Justice League. He had all like, you know, Doctor Fate. Yeah, and uh, the Lobo style. I mean, he was everywhere. And right? Justice he was, League, of course, he was doing Invasion. He was writing that. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, he, so the chance to work with one of my heroes is pretty cool now. So I'm. The Inferior Five is a, a book that we're doing, and Keith's drawing it. I'm writing it, um, or I'm kind of co-plotting it with Keith. We're doing it like old school Marvel style, where we just we just get on the phone and discuss the next issue, and then he starts drawing it, and then he draws something totally different than what we discussed, and I have to somehow <laughs> add dialogue to it, which has been very interesting. <laughs> but it's kind of like this weird game that I'm enjoying, so that's been fun. Um, and then I'm doing, I'm actually writing and drawing uh, a five-page backup strip in every issue that will feature the the character of the peacemaker oh, and it ties yeah so that will tie into our main story with the inferior five and it's a really crazy book that dan and keith came up with and uh dan asked me to help keith out with it and it's been really fun it's been really fun for me to draw some some dc characters as well so uh that's i we don't have it on the schedule yet because keith's kind of he wants to get a few issues under his belt before we solicit cool. but um, cool. It's, it's underway. He's working on issue two right now, and I've I've drawn the first two backups with the Peacemaker. Uh, so that's going to be a really kind of wacky book. And it's the original <laughs> Inferior Five cast and everything. It is not. It is not. We don't want to spoil too okay. much, but it's more like um, what we're looking at is doing is something that's a little more like uh, maybe kind of like Stranger Things or It, <laughs> you know, but in the in the DC universe. So the book. This is kind of the weird meta part. The book is set in the DC universe of 1988. So all the books that DC was publishing in 1988, many of which Keith was writing, that's the setting, the continuity that we're set oh in. God. And it's a group, of, a group of kids living in this very strange small town in, in Arizona, uh, <laughs> caught up in these weird, bizarre mysteries happening in this town. And and the the, the miniseries Invasion that Keith wrote yeah, <laughs> from the yeah. – from, from 88 is sort of that just happened so this is these kids were all affected by the invasion and they moved to this small town that was the uh, that was the dominators am i right that's right yeah and and that's that it, that has just happened in this continuity and and these kids are, are all are, are all from families that were affected by the invasion and <laughs> now they're gonna form this little friendship and try to uncover this scooby-doo kind of mystery in this town and and then my backup strips feature the peacemaker and many of many characters from 1988 DC universe as well, like Captain <laughs> Adam, Firestorm, and it will connect to that main story. So it's this weird 
this weird meta thing where Keith was writing a lot of those comics back then yeah. in 88. I was reading a lot of them. Sure. And now, now we're doing a story together set in that timeline. So it really is the wackiest DC book I think <laughs> they've published in a while. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. They should be talking the yeah, hell out of this book. That's a great well, idea. I think, I think the reason it's been a little quiet is just because we, like I said, Keith, schedule, yeah, yeah. Keith wants to get a few issues drawn before we really solicit. So there's, you know, you, you could start talking about something now, but if it's not going to come out for a while, it's kind of a, from a PR point of view, it's, it would be a waste of resources. So we'll, we'll probably wait, try to make some noise when it's closer. But yeah, it, it's been really fun to work on that with Keith. It's, uh, I have a new respect for what, what, uh, uh, some of Keith's other co-writers in the past have gone through. Of course. <laughs> he really does. We'll plot something out and come up with ideas and we'll just do it on the phone, just kind of shooting the shit and then we'll kind of verbally plot out the issue and Keith will start drawing and drawing and then you'll get the issue back and it's really like 25% of what you talked about is in there but in a different way and then all this other shit. <laughs> and, I'm, and then I'm left to dialogue and Keith, if you ask Keith any questions like what is – what does this mean? Why is this here? He says, I don't know. You're the writer. And he hangs up the phone. So you're, it's, it really is this bizarre mind game that he's playing with me, but I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. And I think we're that weird back and forth is you, you come up with stuff you never would have come up with on your own. You know, and it's been really fun. You know, honestly, I don't even know who possibly in the future will be able to write the Keith Giffen biography. But uh, <laughs> honestly, he is such he is that kind of great, crazy, quirky character I've experienced it myself. I know, uh, uh, you know, people from Nizarama and, and other places have told me their stories about uh, talking to Keith. I'm really I consider myself incredibly fortunate that I got one Keith Giffen interview on Word Balloon. And after that, you know, years later, when he was still doing conventions, I'd be like, hey, can you, you know, yeah. can you come? No. And I'm like, all right, no problem, man. Yeah. All right. And I know he's just, yeah. that's totally fine. He owes us nothing other than great work. And that's what he always gives us. And he's a fascinating character. And I just wish he really is kind of in, in a much less way than Steve Ditko kind of, you know, shunning everyone. I w- because I know Giffen has real opinions about everything that's going on in comics and it would be fascinating to hear his beliefs yes. and the funny stuff. I get to hear them all the time, <laughs> and it's very fun. <laughs> and I cannot repeat any of them here. It's like Fight Club, burn, I understand. Burn it's totally bridges. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. He's, he's hilarious. He is, I, yeah. I really love him. He's, he's one of my favorite creators and, and uh, my favorite people, too, that I've met in the, in the industry. It, you know, I've been really lucky. Um, you know, that I did that book with DC before – I left the first time uh, Futures End, the weekly book yeah, with yeah. Keith and Dan Jurgens and, and Azzarello. And, you know, the book itself was a, was pretty much torture to work on because it was uh, a weekly book and it was mayhem and it didn't work out very well creatively. <laughs> but but from that, it, at, at the same time, it was kind of one of the best experiences of my life because I got to meet, meet and get to know Dan Jurgens and Keith. And they both become such, uh, uh, I don't know, just really good friends of mine and people two guys that i respect immensely and so the friendships that came out of that project were were so worth it you know that's cool and it's I, very cool and i feel yeah. i feel that way about jergens just in terms of our oh, yeah. experiences a, and stuff no tremendous guy and yeah really keith a nice guy you yeah. know keith He's is amazing so, and azarello's azarello but you know <laughs> oh, i love brian but i already knew brian <laughs> oh there you go that's right you're old vertigo yeah. guys that's true yeah so brian's amazing. too funny 
Uh, no, it's great. And, and honestly, yeah, that mix of guys, too, because they are such different people. All, all yeah, four well, of I think you guys idea, are really different people. Well, that was, that was the idea that Dan, I think, did, you know, was trying to trying to bring together four really different voices, you know? So yeah, you know... You would bring that to the book, you know? And sometimes it works really well, and sometimes it just doesn't But that's always... Work. But I'm, I'm glad <laughs> you point that out, because honestly, that's the thing, and, and truly, that makes me almost want to reread Future's End, because some things are interesting even when they don't work. Some things aren't. And pre- previous events, uh, yes. I can obviously <laughs> point to it and say, yeah, no, sorry, I don't need to re-examine that. But there were interesting ideas in Future's End, and, I, and, I, and honestly, I, I thought they... There were some really interesting moments. Tim Tim Drake has a hell of a story in that thing, and um, you know I, I um, and also obviously um, Terry McGinnis too. Yeah, you know? that was uh, it. Was fun. We had, we had a lot of fun doing it. To be honest with you, I don't know if the end result was great, but it, we we had a blast I think, cool. most of the time coming up with ideas. And that was a it was a really interesting project to have been a part of. You know, Excellent, it's pretty cool. No, very cool. I, I don't know. We, sorry, my, my dog is freaking out. I hear it. She came to the office Aww. with me today. Buddy, relax. What's her name? Uh, Lola. Lola. She's a pug. Nice. Yeah. Hi, Lola. Yeah. Very funny. Don't talk to her. All right, I She'll won't. get more. <laughs> well, on to Descender. Yeah, things going over there, man. And also, like, uh, is, is there movie things moving forward? Yeah, stuff's happening, but I, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about. It. All right. <laughs> but yeah, it's all still, still very much in, in development at Sony, uh, and steps are, are steps forward have been made. Terrific. I think it's too early to, to announce it. But yes, yeah, Center's going great. I, you know, Dustin and I have a pretty great working relationship, and. It's almost effortless at this point where we just kind of just do it and have so much fun doing it. Um, yeah, we have some big, big changes coming in that book as well. I, I think the the current storyline that Dustin's drawing um, will end it with uh, in a really surprising way, and I think we're going to really shift the series in a new direction coming up. So that'll be that'll be something to look forward to. Wow, would you say you're mid story still with Descender or where you know where would you say Well, you're... this is it's, it's weird. We're coming to the end of what I had planned. Oh, uh, interesting. Originally. But then so we were going to actually end the book because uh, <laughs> we kind of were coming to the end of our story, but then as we got close to working on it, this last arc, we kind of this new idea popped into my head uh, that we could kind of instead of ending the book kind of spin it in a in a new direction coming out of that. And we both got really excited about, about this new direction. And, um, so yeah, it, it's kind of evolved into something new, uh, which is, that's the joy of doing the ongoing books is, you know, you work on something over the course of three or four years, you, you'll get ideas three years later that you never could have come up with at the beginning of this journey, but you know, and go in totally different directions. And I, I know Dustin and I wanted to keep working together and we started talking about the kinds of books we might want to do next. And, that conversation actually led us to, well, we can actually do that in, in Descender if we did this, this, and this, and, you know, so it, it's, uh, wow. it's going to be really cool. We don't want to spoil it yet because it, it might tip the ending a little that we sure. coming up, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, there, it'll be a big, a huge change in Descender, uh, probably announced middle of this year or something. Well, that's, that's why I kind of go back to uh, a core group of guys, yourself, Rick Remender, um, you know Nick Spencer, I think in some ways as well. Even, even Norton and Seely with some of their books and stuff. And and you know it's the Jason Aaron. It's the constant question of 
doing these creator own books as you are, and you get to like the center's close to thirty, right? Issue wise, yeah, I think it's uh, Dustin's drawing issue twenty seven and twenty eight right there now. You go. Yeah, so the next arc will will cross through thirty. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, and and it's just you know, it's that crowded shelf right now. Thankfully, both of you guys, you and Dustin, are you know big names that I think people still want to follow and stuff. But you know, it's a crowded it's a crowded shelf right now. Yeah, I, I understand. There's so many books being published, you know, and um, I know myself. It's 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 always that balance of I want to do so much stuff, and I and I I'm pretty quick, so I can do a lot of work. But at the same time, you don't want to just put so much stuff out that. People can't afford to buy it all, sure. you know, and I, so I'm sympathetic of that. But at the same time, if you get great ideas, I kind of want to do them. Totally. But, um, yeah, it's tough when you, you know, you're launching a new book like Gideon Falls or whatever. There's just so much stuff coming out. It's how, how do you make your book stand out? At the end of the day, you just kind of try to just do something well, the, the, that excites you and hope that it finds an audience. And I, and I get that, but it would almost seem to me that it's easier in that same kind of classic way in uh, the comics market where, ooh, a new number one. And not so much for the idea of it being valuable down the road, but just, ooh, new fresh story, new fresh idea. Um, yeah, just as a jumping on. Yeah, the, yeah, you know. as opposed to exactly like, you know. But, but again, you know, as you say, the, you know, Descender with the movie coming and stuff too – I think it is a good idea to keep going because you know you're this is this is where the movies are coming from is is your source book and everything so why you know expand well, the universe we've spent three or four years building this this world yeah. this universe together and it's like well there's so many stories to tell in that universe now um, why why would we want to you know sure. we've invested so much for ourselves just yeah so you know you get invested in the world and and, and working together. And, Ideas come from that. If you're if you're still excited about them, I say you should keep going. You know, as, as long, if we, it gets to the point where we're just doing the book just to put it out, uh, that's when you should you should end it. But, but we're still, you know, this new idea that we came up with was something that we're both so fired up about that we knew we had to do it. Hey, man, that's no, that's awesome. And the book itself is a good vehicle to, as you say, explore the universe and everything. It makes sense so that you can incorporate these other ideas. And yeah, not knowing what the next. Uh, leap is going to be I trust you <laughs> you know yeah it's going to be really cool it'll be, it'll be kind of a shocking a shocking uh, change in some ways but still have all the ingredients that make Descender Descender you know if that makes sense that's cool but yeah I mean honestly and I think you know I was I really am talking about in the macro sense in terms of everything and just where the market is and when oh no I, I hear yeah. you yeah it's 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 insane how many books are being published right now and if I was a comics reader, not a creator, it would be so hard to choose what to read, first of all, and also just to keep up with everything. And So I, I sympathize with that. I understand, uh, you know, and that's why you always want to make sure you do your best work and you're doing things that people, it's, it's worth people investing in. You know? Well, and also your work, as we said earlier, you, you have a diverse audience and it's because your work is so diverse. And I, I wonder, you know, it would be interesting because, like, like Royal City, for instance, that's its own thing, and it's you know. Yeah, well, one thing I do try to do is not to have two books that are similar, sim- the same coming out. You know, so I have a lot of stuff coming out, but you know, with Black Hammer, that's superheroes. With Royal City, it's very much uh, slice of life uh, indie comic. Yeah. You know, and Gideon Falls is a horror book, and Descenders a sci-fi book. So they're all kind of different flavors and offers a different side of. 
of you know the kinds of stories I like to tell. So yeah, it's you know I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do another another sci-fi book at the same time as Descender, for instance, or something that would just feel maybe too much for me as well. Well, let me ask you too about the the Canadian pop culture world because I uh, I honestly I I, I think um, God now I'm blanking on his name the guy who did the newsroom. Ken. Oh yeah. Ken Fink Finkelman. Yeah. yeah. See Ken Finkelman really I'm like well and also I was a huge SCTV fan as a kid. So yeah. I'm always fascinated by like good Canadian pop culture and stuff. The pop culture entertainment world. How like what are they aware of with with your stuff? Are they aware of everything or is it the Essex County and kind of the you know and certainly uh Secret Path the, the thing you did with Gord, you know, but like you know, I, I know you're starting to make the rounds and stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm just interested. What are they talking yeah, about? No, I, I don't think there's much difference here in what, than with the U.S. readers. You know, they, there's not that much of a divide anymore. Okay. With the way things are, the internet and everything. Well, it's sure, like sure. we're all getting the same media and the same from the same sources at this point. So, yeah, I think people are just familiar with all my stuff here in the same way they would be in the States. I think the only difference would be that the cultural impact that Secret Path had here sure. was obviously something something that didn't doesn't transcend borders because it's so specifically Canadian. But that book took on a life of its own. I mean, it's sold I think a hundred thousand copies, and it's in forty thousand classrooms now and all across Canada. Within it only came out last fall, you know. So that, that it's been a kind of a phenomenon. You know? Has has Trudeau has the government been able to? Act on the. Um, I mean, this was a past problem, but you tell me how much it does uh, to huge, the indigenous yeah. problem today. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, or is it just recognizing the, what happened in the past and kind of acknowledging it? Is that <laughs> it's a very complicated issue here, you know? So it's uh, I don't know how, what what impact Secret Path had in that. It certainly got. It's certainly been a, a source of conversation and, and bring a lot of awareness, especially for kids, you know, yeah. um, because it's. Uh, because it's getting into classrooms at sort of an unprecedented level. That, wow! So now all these all these kids that are never would have probably learned about this this part of Canada's history are now have this this tool with the graphic novel to kind of start talking about it with their teachers and parents and stuff. So I think in that way it'll make a big impact. But in terms of actual you know government policy and things like that, that's obviously pretty complicated. Sure, something that. It's going to take a long time to, to fix. If it, you know, yeah, but yeah, it's a big issue here. For sure. I understand. Well, you know, man, what a what an ambitious thing because I'm, I, in the classroom, that's amazing. So I wonder, like, I'm I'm envisioning kids, you know, got have their earbuds on and are looking at the book while they're listening to the album. Yeah, it's 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 surreal how this thing has taken on. It's it's taken on a life far beyond me or or Gord at this point, where it's just become this thing that teachers are using as a, a tool now. And every day I get on Twitter, like cl- teachers sending drawings of the, that their classroom has done, that kids in their class have done, uh, you know, copying my drawings wow. from the book and stuff like that. It's so, it's so surreal and so cool, you know. Seriously, man, yeah. A lot of that, uh, you know, Gord for the American listeners don't understand how big the Tragically Hip were here or are here. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a massive – a massive part of our pop culture here. So Gord is a huge, huge celebrity. You know? <laughs> and when he became ill and, and, and this became sort of his last project and his legacy before he passed away, the, the book 
took on this this life uh, that none of us, that neither of us could have imagined when we started working on it. So, uh, and also the issue that the book kind of deals with indigenous issues and reconciliation and things are a really um, very much on the uh, it's like a hot a hot button topic here in Canada as well. So that combination of all these things just turned it into this huge huge thing here that I don't think American readers are even aware of, you know, because the book didn't really, didn't really exist outside of Canada. So. Well, I, yeah, it's, you know, I, I got mine. I certainly wanted to, to support the cause. And also it, it really is just an incredible, the subjects is just heartbreaking and it's, and, and yeah, I can't imagine being as close as you guys had to get to it in, in addition to the, the, the the unfortunate people that had to live through this just unbelievable horror. Um, then I step outside of uh, of it and just am amazed at the combination of Gord's album and your and your you know pictures your your book and it's this great comic book experience that is so unique and um, it you know the, the it's I really hope that it gets recognized. For the achievement, be, I mean, and I'm really glad that obviously in Canada, it's it certainly made an impact culturally, and and I'm glad it's getting to the the classrooms. But really, the comic book you know industry, you know, really needs to, and and the fandom should be aware of like really what this thing is, and uh, it's it's an amazing achievement. It, it in itself as a story telling, uh, you know, a way to tell a story, but also again the subject matter, and it's it's incredible. I mean, it's uh, I'm saying it, it's up there with Mouse Man. It really is. It's talking about a real, you know, real serious subject in a way that comic books can do it uh, in a way that others others just can't. And you really, man, you guys both need really. There's not enough accolades to to. And uh, you know, I know you're doing it for the right reasons and everything. And I'm really glad you got to be a part of it because it's amazing. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty amazing experience to be the whole the whole journey of, of working on the book and then everything afterwards. And, uh, we talked. Yeah, it was over, overwhelming at times, but pretty 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 cool. Well, and sure. you know, you and I talked about it before um, on a previous word balloon, and I'll I'll point people to that episode if they haven't heard it. Um, sure. But yeah, yeah, man. No, it's it's amazing, and and that's and that's why I wondered if. Um, you know, uh, when when you might have done some, you know, interviews or whatever in the Canadian media, if it was obviously for Secret Path, but just in general, if they do talk to you about your DC and Marvel work or, you know, obviously you create your own books as well, beyond Essex County and some of the more uh, Canadian books, you know, <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better description. It depends. Yeah, it depends who the who the interviewer is. Yeah, what, 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 where they're from, you know. You know, when, when you're doing stuff for Secret Path, it's usually pretty... Well, sure pretty focused on that issue you know it's, there's not really any natural <laughs> transition uh, to segues into yeah. so moon night <laughs> uh, justice league united or <laughs> but, uh, exactly you know justice league canada for that matter yeah man <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no no people here are i think aware of my, my stuff you know so All right, well on a, on a lighter as, as you mentioned justice league united i wanted to make the comparison with the terrifics to justice league united in canada um is it you know? Is it exciting throwing? Is it more exciting throwing you know characters that you wouldn't put together in a situation? In Inferior Five, I would imagine too, uh, to a degree. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be about the the kids more than it is maybe the heroes that might pop up or villains or whatever the status quo is in there. But yeah, comparing that yeah. to doing a traditional Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman book or whatever. I mean, you know. yeah, I mean, I 
I think my my strengths as a writer tend to be better suited towards some of the more obscure characters. You know, <laughs> it just seems to be where I go. You know, sure. um, and I, I feel like those the big the big boys. You know, Superman, Batman, whatever. I, I just don't have a lot of interest in doing that stuff. It it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of a lot of room to bring yourself to that stuff. You know, and I, I know there are people who can do it really well. Scott certainly did it, and I think Tom King's doing a great sure. job on Batman now. And so there, there are there are creators who can really grab those big those big franchises and, and do do stuff that's really personal and cool with it. But I, I tend to, you know, I, my best stuff has always been like Animal Man, Moon Knight, yeah, even even Green Arrow and stuff. The, oh yeah, the BC those characters. <clears throat> I have a lot more fun with that stuff. Uh, I just I feel like a little more freedom and um, yeah. So yeah, you know, the Terrifics is a excuse me my voice is going here <clears throat> it's a perfect example of an oddball you know collection of heroes and, and just exploring their personalities and and trying to bring some heart to them and, and create a connection between them and the readers and each other and yeah i like doing that kind of stuff more than maybe the big the big franchises if i remember my the chronolog uh, the the chronological order correctly um you did dc work before flashpoint and then you did New 52 DC. Yeah, and, a little bit. I had done uh, Superboy series. Right, and the Adam miniseries in there, too. Yeah, and then Flashpoint stuff hit, and then it was New 52. Right, okay, and then, yeah, New 52. And then now, obviously, you know, in the post-rebirth, I know technically they're taking down the rebirth uh, mantle, but we all still consider it, obviously, the post-rebirth world. Um, so sure. yeah, how, how, you know, any, any difference as far as you're concerned in terms of how you're approaching the characters now you know i mean obviously the, the uh, universe rules changed a bit with, during the new 52 yeah i think I, I think it probably is really different you know um it's been a few years since i've been i've been at dc and the universe has changed a lot the the editorial has changed a lot because they moved to the to the west sure. coast in that yes. in that period so that i mean everything's really different there um and i think if i was more involved in like the the mainstream line of books and, and storylines I, I it would probably be different but you know the this, this stuff i'm doing right now at dc is is kind of on its own little a little corner of like the inferior five is just literally separated from sure continuity well, yeah, it's its own little thing so i don't yeah. i don't need to worry about any of that stuff <laughs> and then uh even the terrifics even though it's part of, it's coming from metal and it's part of this new line of heroes and stuff it's still it, in a lot of ways it's still kind of in its own little Terrifics universe as well, cool. so I'm not really interacting a lot with, with a lot of that the other stuff. So I, I don't, I'm sure it's different, but I, I don't really. It's not something I, I need to worry too much about. I'm just I'm just uh, trying to write the best book I, I can, and I haven't had really any issues where it's been like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, Good. or any. You know, it's just I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And well, that's great until they tell me to stop. I'll, Attaboy. Well, no, and obviously, again, you know, working with Giffen and stuff, you guys are going to be left to your own devices. I know that. So yeah, and if there's any issues, I'll just like keep yelling at someone. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Um, So who? (laughs) So yeah, who are your editors for uh, Terrifics and uh, and Inferior Five? Um, Inferior Five is interesting. We actually hired an outside editor, so Joey Cavalieri, who I worked with on Animal Man and Green Arrow. Uh, at DC, but he did, he did not make the move to Burbank. He, with DC, he left when they moved, he, he didn't go, okay. but we've actually, I, I love working with Joey and, and uh, Keith, 
Keith has a great relationship with Joey from way back. So actually, I think Dan DC kind of hired Joey on a, I don't, I don't know the details or anything, but they kind of just hired him just for this one book. Cool. So he's, he's doing terrific, which is really fun. Cause I love to work with Joey and all that stuff in the past. And, then, uh, on, uh, on, uh, terrific. It's, uh, Paul Kaminsky and Jessica Chen, who have both of whom I, I hadn't worked with in the past. I, I think maybe they're both new to DC from the, the Burbank move. Okay. So, but they've been, they've been really great. I've, I've really enjoyed working with both of them. Cool. And, uh, Dude, it's great. Honestly, uh, you know, thank you for sending me the previews that you did because uh, they both look amazing and they they read amazingly well. Um, so let's go let's go down the the order of uh, scheduling. Like you said, uh, Inferior Five has not been scheduled yet, so that's we know that. No, it, in progress, but not not scheduled Fair enough. Yet. Yeah. So Gideon Falls. I think Terrifics. Oh, yeah, is, terrifics. When is it? Well, terrifics. I think it's February, but I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think it's February or March for Terrifics and. Uh, Gideon's definitely March March seventh. Gideon Falls launches. When's the, uh, is the final order run uh, day coming up? It's it's coming up. Yeah, like, by the time people listen to this, because um, probably a week or two. Away. Okay, good. Because I was going to say I'm, yeah. I'm uh, I was going to put this out early next week. Yeah, so that, that'll be that'll be a great time okay, for good. it. Yeah, so that'll if if you're listening and you're interested, make sure you ask your your comic shop because uh, all those pre-orders definitely help. Um, when you're launching a new book. Um, but yeah, Gideon's in March and uh, Royal City's ongoing, obviously, yes, uh, as well as Descender. Black Hammer's on a little hiatus while Dean gets caught up on schedule, so we'll be relaunching Black Hammer in April. Excellent. To continue, Sherlock continue in the means. In the midst of, uh, yeah, yeah, in the meantime, we got Sherlock and, and the Doctor Star series. When does so Doctor Star start? There's, oh, I don't know. <laughs> March, February, March, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then the main Black Hammer book comes back in April. Uh, I don't know what else. To, I think that's it. I think that's everything. Plenty. Jesus, man. And and <laughs> you know, real fast because I've been asking, um, really, especially the Jim Zub, Tim Seeley, Norton. Um, I I know Essex County certainly does well in the bookstore world, the non comic uh, direct market. How, how you know how how are your other products doing? Because uh, again, I think a lot of it it would really fit in a traditional bookstore world as much as it does in the direct yeah. market. Yeah. That's, I think I've been real lucky there where my stuff, like I mentioned earlier, has a pretty diverse fan base and my, my books t- seem to do really well in, in traditional bookstores, you know, um, whether it's Essex County and Sweet Tooth and Royal City, but even, even things like Descender and Black Hammer. Right. Uh, all seem to do great in, in bookshops. So, um, yeah, that's, that's been great. You know, um, it's like I said, it's I'm at a spot where I can I can just do all this creative stuff now, not have to do DC or Marvel stuff. And that's what I always dreamed of. So, um, you know, I'm very thankful for all the amazing support I get from from comics readers for sure. Well, dude, honestly, as I always tell you, nice going. They, you're, you're, you're like you said, you're living the dream. And I'm, I'm really glad. And also that you're at this, again, comfortable point. Where when something is right at Marvel or DC, you are able to step in and go, yeah, I'll do that. That'll be fun. And truly, yeah, uh, Terrifics, yeah. great first issue. Really excited for the series. And Inferior 5 sounds fantastic, and I cannot wait. Yeah, that's going to be going to be pretty wacky. I think it's going to be cool, though. And um, it's, it's fun to see Keith drawing again. He's always been one of my favorite artists, so it's pretty cool to, to be writing for him. That's, that's very exciting, because as different as you guys are, I can see your senses of humor is working for each other and wild ideas, so 
I can't imagine what we're <laughs> going to get, but I'm looking forward to finding out. I can't either this time. <laughs> and then I have to figure it out. So there you go. Well, thanks, man. Keep it up. And uh, I'm psyched for the Phil series as well, the Hester series coming up. Yeah, that'll be fine. Well, when that gets a bit closer, we'll have to talk about it. All right, yeah. Let's try for a spring or a a summer chat and uh, catch up on what's going on. Yeah, sounds good. Jeff Lemire, really neat stuff coming out in the next couple weeks and months. Be sure to look for, of course, Gideon Falls, the new image book that starts in March. Uh, Continue to read Sherlock Frankenstein and look forward to the upcoming Dr. Star. Uh, as far as new chapters in the Black Hammer universe. And uh, the Terrifics are coming up real soon, as well as that other project looking back at uh, the uh, 1980s DC universe, the Giffenverse, if you will. Really neat stuff. And, of course, if you want to support the cause of uh, Secret Path, you can go to secretpath.ca and uh, help support uh, this wonderful book and great project. Honestly, tremendous music. And, of course, Jeff's beautiful art. It really is a very... Special combination that only comics can do. Pretty neat stuff, man. So great to talk to Jeff. Hope you enjoyed our conversation today here on Word Balloon. I'm uh, I'm buzzing, man, because really, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, there's some really neat projects coming up for Word Balloon that hopefully uh, you know things keep will, will keep moving forward. But I don't want to announce until they're concrete. Uh, I will tease, however, that uh, the convention schedule is getting very interesting this year. I'll be going to a couple new places that I haven't been to before, and uh, great opportunities for really, really interesting panels. So very excited to uh, do them live and also uh, for you to hear them if you're not able to make it. Uh, that's what we try to do here at Word Balloon. I always say we. You know what I'm saying. You and me. Uh, you know, we're in this together. You're listening. I'm, I'm trying to crank out this stuff and give you something fun to listen to. And, uh, man, I am just beside myself with excitement about some of the things that will be coming up this year for Word Balloon. I'll be sharing details as they become more concrete. Word Balloon today brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your continued support on Patreon. Uh, If you want to subscribe to Word Balloon, uh, if you think the content is worth supporting, you can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon or my front page of wordballoon.com. Click on the Patreon ad. But thank you very much for your support, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. I have put Jeff Lemire's name in, and I've just got this like ridiculous amount of great books on sale uh, with Jeff Lemire right there at InStock Trades. Uh, we mentioned, of course, his great run with Andrea Sorrentino on Green Arrow. You can get the deluxe hardcover edition that covers the entire run. It's 42% off, just $28.99. How about Trillium? Jeff's amazing sci-fi story that he did for Vertigo. Uh, this is collected in a deluxe edition as well. 42% off. $20.29. There are copies of Descender. You can get the uh, deluxe edition of the first uh, volume. That uh, is, uh, of course, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. We talked about Descender in the book. Uh, this is 42% off. Um, you can either get the regular or you can get the discount comic book service exclusive variant cover as well currently. Uh, they're both priced at $28.99. You can get Teen Titans Earth 1. I totally forgot about this project. Jeff and Terry and Rachel Dodson all together. Uh, a new uh, spin on the Titans for the uh, Superman and Batman Earth 1 universe and Wonder Woman, of course. This is the Titans book. It is 42% off, $13.33. There are volumes of Sweet Tooth and a lot more and more uh, Descender product as well, all from uh, Jeff Lemire and all from in-stock trades at great prices. 
Uh, you got a lot to look through as far as Jeff Lemire material, and uh, they've got it there at InStockTrades.com. Thanks for listening to today's Word Balloon. It's going to be a busy February. I've already got uh, you know, one more uh, show that's in the can, and that's Fred Van Lente. He's the next episode. We're talking about action presidents. Uh, he and Ryan Dunleavy are back with another great uh, couple volumes of uh, history presented in the Van Lente Dunleavy way, or Dunleavy Van Lente way. Let's be honest. Uh, it's it's funny. It's really great. It's a great way to uh, trick kids into learning. And it's also very entertaining for adults as well. But it's great to welcome Jeff, or I should say Fred Van Lenty, back to Word Balloon. You just heard Jeff. Coming up after that, if everything goes right, we should have a new Bendis tapes for you. Uh, I'm jinxing myself by saying it now. But uh, Brian and I are going to make a serious effort to talk in uh, the coming days. And we should have that for you uh, very shortly and very early in February. So looking forward to sharing that and a lot more this month. I honestly, an embarrassment of riches in terms of the guests that are coming onto Word Balloon. Can't wait. Hope you'll join me for the conversations. Thank you, as always, for listening. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2018.